Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield. Welcome back to the show. We're in the Homewood run now, but you've still got your chance to have your say on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. But this bloke next up on the show is worth listening to. West Australian Football Commission Chairman Wayne Martin, very intelligent man, usually has very intelligent and well put thoughts to have on most issues. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, Mark. Good to be here. Wayne, you and I had a good chat on uh, Friday and we talked about gather round and we talked about where it could and should be played and how long the AFL should be prepared to lock it in for. They've locked it in for three more years in Adelaide yeah. and according to the chat we had on Friday, that's a bit much. What, what are your thoughts now? Yeah, look, I, I remain of that view, Mark. I think I speak on behalf of all Western Australians and probably indeed everybody outside Adelaide and Victoria to say that it's disappointing uh, to see that they've locked it in for that long. I mean, I was expecting that they would uh, generate a bit of competitive tension in the bidding uh, process so that other governments, other than the South Australian government, could get a seat at the table and, and possibly put in a better bid. Um, and that, that hasn't happened. I mean, as I told you on Friday, WA Football Commission wasn't involved in the negotiations. It was, I think, between the AFL and the various governments. I, I don't, obviously, I know nothing about those negotiations, but the speed with which this announcement was made makes me suspect that the negotiations for the extension were well in place uh, before the round was held um, because I, I doubt that they would have been able to negotiate a, a three-year extension with all the financial packages that go with that over the course of a day or two in Adelaide. So I, I suspect there might have been a provisional deal done with the South Australian government. I just don't know. It's just guesswork on my part. But there might have been something of that sort involved. And to your knowledge, has there been any sort of contact with between the AFL and anyone from Western Australia as to what may or may not have been on the table from over here for, say, I mean, you said that you thought that maybe leave it in South Australia for another year, but but to, yeah. to at least start to talk to a state like Western Australia or New yeah. South Wales or Tasmania for that matter. I'm not aware of any contact, Mark, but I probably wouldn't be because it would be done at government-to-government -government level, at government-to-AFL level, I think. And, yep. and I don't know what that process has involved. Um, I, I mean, I can understand, as we talked on Friday, I can understand some certainty being required because it's helpful for the fans to know a long time out when it's going to be. And I think this gather-round came on pretty quickly. A lot of people missed out on accommodation. and Adelaide's got limited accommodation, let's face it, compared to other potential cities like Sydney or Perth. So I can understand why they would want some certainty and why they could have, for example, announced, let's go with Adelaide next year and this is the date, so make your bookings now. But I don't understand why they had to lock it away for three years um, unless they got a really good deal from the South Australian government in order to do that, which is what I'm guessing must have happened. And maybe they did, but um, the South Australian government wouldn't really know the true worth of it until they'd experienced it the first time, would they? So mm. it's, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. And nor, nor would any of the other governments, which is why, as I say, I think it would have been 
I would have thought, just from a commercial point of view, you, you create that competitive tension by showing this is how it works. It works really well. And so the other governments, New South Wales and Western Australia, perhaps most particularly because they're likely to have more money than the Tasmanian government, they're looking on and saying, look, we can do a quick back-of-the-envelope return on investment calculation on how that worked out, and we can now justify paying more money than we previously thought. But uh, I guess that'll happen, presumably that'll happen in, in three years' time. Yes. Um, are you confident, and we spoke about this on Friday as well, are you confident that a gather-round, if it were to be staged in Western Australia at some point, would succeed? Oh, absolutely, mate. We, we've got the best oval. We've got the best stadium in Australia. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even the Victorians almost begrudgingly admit that now. So we, we've got the best stadium in Australia. I'm sure we will have backup grounds. Uh, we've got fantastic uh, local support. We saw that when the AFL finals and grand final were played here. I mean, the, the Western Australian crowd get behind football in a very big way, and, and I'm sure they would. And I think there's the novelty of coming over to Western Australia would attract a lot of people from the eastern states as well. So you know, I don't have any doubt that it would be successful. I don't have any doubt that we can provide the facilities if we need to. I'm fascinated by some of the rhetoric around this, and there's been a like I think there's been a lot of spin and mayonnaise put on this by the AFL and its broadcasters and by the South Australian government, which you would expect the South Australian mm. government to do. But you know, yeah. Gil McLaughlin wants a big uh, marquee up there in the Barossa somewhere so they can have 150 yeah. winemakers. I would have thought he's in the in the business <laughs> of running football, not not promoting wine. But anyway, that's just yeah. me. Um, I guess that's part of the marketing edge for South Australia. You know, they want to they want to try and package it up so that it's a it's a value prospect for governments. I'm yeah. guessing. What about the business case for building stadiums? in the Barossa and McLaren Vale for one, what, what effectively is going to be one event per year. That, that interests me. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't see how you can make it work financially. Yeah. Unless the South Australian government's got money to burn, which I would doubt. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I, I think that if we're talking about a modest upgrade, then maybe you could use it. But, but building an AFL-style facility for one game a year just doesn't make any sense at all. No, that's right. Uh, Let's get back to more local matters, Wayne. And another injury crisis has engulfed West Coast, and it's engulfed them both at mm. AFL level and at Waffle level. And there's always a a flow on from any injury crisis at AFL level as well. But I'm told their Waffle injury mm. list is growing into double figures as well. What can yeah. you do, if anything, to address this? Given they got absolutely limited at the weekend. If, if we, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the result on the weekend was was not good for footy. It's not good for the competition. And we we were hoping you know, that this year was West Coast Waffle side was going to be more competitive because you know, frankly, it was an embarrassment to the competition last year, and it's starting to look a bit the same. I mean, injuries are unpredictable in footy. There's there's a there's only so much you can do to minimise their incidence. Sometimes it, it, they just happen. What we can do as a competition is, if we are approached by West Coast, we can look at. Uh, possibly some rule changes to make it easier for them to bring in additional players outside their existing squad, maybe elevate some people up from amateur footy, uh, something of that sort, uh, to make the Waffle Club a bit more competitive, Waffle Team a bit more competitive. Is it possible you can do that on the run mid-season, or is that something that needs to be looked at yep. and addressed again at the end of the season? No, I, I think I think we could do it mid-season, and I, I would be surprised if we got any opposition from the Waffle Clubs, the other Waffle Clubs in relation to this, because they're as aware as we are that you know, it's not good for the competition to have one club so far behind uh, the, the, the level of the other clubs. And so during the pandemic, we had to, you know, about this time last year when there were some serious issues with West Coast being able to field a side, 
the other clubs were um, quite cooperative and, and helpful in terms of allowing West Coast to bring in additional players uh, to make up the side. Does, um, but it is, you're right, the, the, the injuries are very disappointing both at, at, at AFL level and at Waffle level. It makes it very hard for West Coast to, to provide the bounce back that we're all hoping they would provide. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're on their knees, aren't they, really? I mean, their yeah. AFL team is now very young and um, is mm. is producing segments of good football within games but mm. cannot play four quarters and, and yeah. it just flows down the food chain to the Waffle team, I would have thought. Yeah, well, well, the second half yesterday I thought was pretty good against Geelong. I mean, they outplayed them in the second half, so that's not bad against last year's Premiers. But you're right, they've got to turn it into four four quarters and, and heard the coach on TV last night saying so, no, the difference between their best and their worst is, is, is just too wide. Um, but that's, that's a game that's probably got something to do with the average age of the team. How are you thinking and feeling about the rest of the waffle competition West Coast aside? Oh look, I, th- I think it's going to be a great season. I thought I thought last 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 year's waffle competition was one of the best we've had for quite a while. Um, we had a, we had a couple of blowouts over the weekend, a couple of big margin games. Um, I, I hope that changes during the season. Last last year's winning margin was lower than it, the average winning margin was lower than it has been for some time, um, and we hope that'll happen again this year. But I, I think the standard, you know, I've been to a few waffle games, and the standard of play is is really good this year. And it's a great game to watch. You don't you don't get the flooding or congestion uh, that you get at AFL level footy. So from a spectator point of view, it's, I think it's got a lot to be said for it. And we're seeing pretty good numbers at the, at the games. Uh, certainly, the the Easter weekend was record numbers for us, about fifty percent up on last Easter. So uh, you know we're we're very optimistic about the season ahead. The Good Friday start and the Easter start looks like a good way to launch it, doesn't it? Given the crowds yeah, you had on at, that on that day. At, at, Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we were looking at the timing of the season is we wanted to make maximum opportunity for uh, maximum public exposure over Easter and, of course, following up with the Anzac Day weekend as well. So that that gives us opportunities. And we're also doing a bit more, you might have noticed in the fixturing, Mark, we're doing a lot more flexible fixturing this year. So we're experimenting with new time slots um, to try and increase uh, participation levels, audience participation levels. So we're we're trying to see how that goes. So we'll 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 probably make some mistakes. We'll learn something, but you know at least we're trying to to change the the brand and the model a bit to make it a bit more contemporary, a bit more attractive to you know ordinary West Australians. Um, and I'm I'm optimistic that'll all pay off. Wayne, one of the other teams that is struggling a bit in rounds one and two is Perth, and it has been a long struggle yep. for Perth. It's been a a long time yep. since they've had any real success. Do, is it possible that we could revisit an alignment between West Coast and Perth, or is that has that ship sailed? Do you think you'd have to ask Adrian Barrett that? I'm afraid, Mark. I mean, I, I think an alignment. I've always thought that an alignment between those two clubs made perfectly good sense. Um, but you're right about Perth. I mean, it is it is a worry. They've started the season as poorly as they have, and of course, recent years haven't been kind to them. Uh, Adrian's got a, you know, he's he's come in with fresh eyes and a lot of vigour and a lot of energy. If anybody can turn that club around, I reckon it's him. But I would have thought that, you know, when you're when you're right next door to such a powerful, potentially powerful ally, um, I would have thought it makes sense to try and cut a deal with them. Uh, yeah, I understand all the arguments against it. Um, you know, the disruption that it that it has to your your playing group. Um, disincentivising some of your players because they say, well, I don't know if I'm going to depend on, on who's fit for West Coast to see whether or not to get a game. Uh, that, that can be a bit disruptive. But on the other hand, there's a lot of lot of positives out of it too. Does it work 
down at Mandurah for Peel and, and Fremantle, it seems to, and it seems to have solved a problem yeah. for you, which was the lack of competitiveness yeah. at Peel. And, yeah. and if yeah. that does work, do we need to look further afield for maybe an aligned team that can partner with West Coast? Say, for example, Bunbury. Could, could West Coast partner yeah. with the Bunbury team? Yeah, look, I, I don't know about Bunbury. I mean, they're re- redeveloping the Hands Oval down there, so that'll give us some options down there. But certainly, I believe the Peel Alliance uh, model is working well between Peel and Fremantle. Uh, the Peel, I think, have it depends who you talk to on the Peel board, but they have mixed feelings about it. But I think it's worked really well over the years. Of course, they won two flags off off the back of it, and they've started this year pretty well too. So you know they've got they've got a terrific coach, courtesy of the alignment model. Um, so you know I think there's a lot of positives for for a club like Peel, uh, and I think certainly an alignment model for for West Coast. I know that Trevor Nisbet was was looking for that opportunity, but. The problem is a lot of the, the waffle clubs have been very reluctant to go into it because of the sort of disruptive effect that I've um, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I guess the thing is, if you've got a club history at stake, like East Perth did, and like Perth would argue mm-hmm. that they have, if they partner with with West Coast, then it's a bit of a different matter. But for a startup club like, say, a Bunbury club would be, or a, a new club like Peel was, and a, and a club that had struggled to have mm-hmm. any success, perhaps a perhaps a different consideration then. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, you know, certainly for Peel, they needed support to, to create, you know, the brand in a new district. Uh, and let's face it, some of our, our clubs are not doing, you know, Perth is an example. They haven't had on-field success for a long time. Um, it, this might be the sort of opportunity for them to, to look at getting a bit of support from a potentially very powerful ally. One more from me before I let you go, Wayne. Um, yeah. Concussion is looming as a major issue for the AFL. We're talking about class actions yeah. being taken with a lot of players involved. Yeah. Is there any concern that this could affect you at waffle level and even community level in uh, WA footy? Look, Mark, uh, concussion is our number one um, topic of concern at the moment. We think it's posing, it poses the greatest risk to footy than any other. We're spending a lot of time and effort on it. You've, we've introduced the blue, blue card model. We've got a number of committees looking heavily at it. And we've got in, we've brought in a lot of expertise to give us advice on this. We're undertaking trials with mouth guards that record head knocks to see, you know, if we can use the science that's now available to improve uh, our response to it. We think it's terribly, terribly important, and protecting the players is our number one priority at the WA Football Commission. So we're really honoured this. Wayne, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. You. Absolute pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, just make then. just make sure we get some of that money they got from South Australia, will you, mate? Make sure yeah, some of that okay. travels well, over I'll, I'll the do, border. I'll do my best. Getting 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 money out of the AFL is not that easy, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us on the show. Okay. That's Wayne Martin, you, the chairman of the West Australian Football Commission. We'll take a break and be back to close up the show after the break. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield.